Blog Talk Radio. Healthy and Tone Radio with your host, Darren Fatman McDuck. And now, prepare to get fat. What's cracking, peeps out there in Radio Land? Welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. I'm your host, Darren McDuffie, and this segment is being brought to you by I'm the Fat Man.com. Go check the website out. Tonight, Really great show. We actually had to reschedule this this guest. Um, it's Raymond Francis. We'll be talking about his book, The Great American Health Hoax. But before we get to uh, Dr. Francis, I wanted to just give you a, a reminder of the show that we did on Monday. The shows are being on, on Mondays and Tuesdays. I started the two shows, whereas uh, maybe a year ago I was just doing one show a week. So it has been good to be able to talk to a, a lot of different guests. And this past Monday, I had an up-and-coming neurobiologist. Her name is Dr. Sabrina Siegel. And we start, discuss a lot of different brain myths on that show, and some things that you may not know. Uh, we discussed uh, uh, some things about the brain when it comes to being left brain, right brain, a lot of little different myths uh, about the brain. And Sabrina, uh, Dr. Sabrina, rather, actually hosts a YouTube channel called Brain Myth Mondays or a YouTube show rather called Brain Myth Mondays. So you may want to go and subscribe to her channel. And also, I believe you can find her on her website, DrSabrinaSiegel.com. She has a free ebook there and um, you can download the ebook and learn all about the brain. I believe the last 15 minutes of the show, we discuss all about the movie Concussion. I don't know if you've seen that movie starring Will Smith, but it's about uh, the NFL and the number of concussions that they're having. So um, we spent about 15 minutes just really getting into that movie, and she had some insights about that movie because she and I are both big football fans. I'm a big Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers fan. She's also, and she's a Green Bay Packers fan, and I asked her, what she thought about uh, this whole thing, being that she loves football and she's also a neurobiologist. So really good interview for you to check out. Um, if you have not connected with me on social media, a lot of people are connecting with me on Facebook. A lot of people are liking my street videos that I've been, been posting on YouTube. And these are just things that I normally uh, am. I love to go to the park in the morning and just walk and clear my head. And they're very impromptu about Things like being positive, how to change your mindset when it comes to health and wellness, even if you want to change your career, if you want to change your job and start doing something that you you love, you can go to my YouTube channel on YouTube. It's Fat Body BC, just like Fat for Fat Man Radio, Body BC, and you can subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. So i um, really excited to have this gentleman on. Like I said, we had him on in 2013. I believe he was my second guest for when I started the show back in 2013. And that interview is still one of the more popular interviews today. I think maybe 500 or so, 500 or more people have downloaded that interview. And that was our first interview with Raymond Francis. It's called Never Be Sick Again which was the name of his book. And tonight we'll be discussing another book called The Great American Health Hoax. And 
because I was so wet behind the ears when I started the show, I really wasn't doing any bios, but I have a bio now, and I wanted to do the bio for you. Raymond Francis is a chemist and a graduate of MIT and a registered nutrition consultant. Raymond is an internationally recognized leader in the field of optimal health maintenance, chairman and CEO of Beyond Health Corporation, the publisher of Beyond Health News, host and producer of the Beyond Health Show, author of the highly acclaimed books, Never Be Sick Again, Never Be Fat Again, and of the Pathways to Health newspaper columns. He is an in-demand speaker. He has addressed health conferences all over the United States, as well as Germany, Switzerland, Greece, and Egypt. And I believe someone, I just saw someone post something on Facebook where his his books are now in, I don't, I think it's, I want to say Walgreens or CVS, but he can correct me when he comes on. Dr. Francis, welcome to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. How are you tonight? Well, I'm terrific. Thank you, and thank you for the invitation to be here. And, and yes, my books are available, actually, uh, uh, of course, the usual sources, such as Barnes mm-hmm. & Noble and, and uh, Amazon, but they're also available in every national airport in the United States and mm-hmm. also in uh, Rite Aid um, drugstores and Walgreens drugstores. Uh, so uh, that's a lot of distribution, and uh, and the reason is the the books are popular. They mm-hmm. uh, they work. I mean, they, you know, uh, never be sick again has uh, become an international bestseller. Literally gone all around the world. Um, my uh, my second my other book, um, Never Fear Cancer Again. Um, those two books have been called two of the best health books ever written. So Never Be Sick Again and Never Fear Cancer Again have uh, been called two of the best health books ever written. And, of course, I've written five books now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It, go ahead. I'm sorry. And The Great American Health Hoax is the, is the, is the latest. And, and the, the Great American Health Hoax is really the culmination of everything else. It's, it's all of the accumulated wisdom of all the other books put together in one place. Uh, plus all the newest science, um, and plus a whole chapter on how to maintain the human body. And see, that's that's the key. You know, we we you, you can go to a car show, you can see a car that's well over a hundred years old. It looks brand new, and it runs like new. Why? It's been well maintained. You right. can do the same thing. You can look great, feel great, and, and, and operate well at well over 100 years old if you are well-maintained. The problem is nobody teaches us how to maintain ourselves. The average person knows more about how to maintain their car than they know about how to maintain their body. So in, in the Great American Health Hoax, I have a whole chapter that is just on the maintenance list of how to maintain the human body so that you age very slowly and you don't get sick and uh, you know and you retain vitality and strength and you, you you don't become disabled and you don't need others to care for you um, so but you need to know how to do it you need to you know, so yeah. here's the maintenance list in one place tells you how to do it yeah, it's a great book, and there's some things on there um, that, <clears throat> excuse me, I did not know. Um, a lot of the information in there, just because I've been 
pretty much studying nutrition since 2005. There's a lot of things in there I didn't know, but there's some stuff on there I didn't know, and we'll get in that to that tonight. Strangely, uh, oddly enough, you were talking about that being able to maintain the body, and for uh, for lack of a better word, I think that most people think that their life is over at 40 because I, I see so many people posting on Facebook is like, oh, I just turned 40. I'm 45. But most people, when they just they, they turn 40, they think um, that their life is over. So I can definitely relate to, to what you're saying there. You start the Great American Health Hoax with sharing your story about how you almost died. Take us back to that time and kind of uh, run us through what was going through your head at that time, Dr. Francis. Well, um, you know, you're talking about people think life is over. You know, they're 40 years old, and oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you know <laughs> something? They're right. They're absolutely right. Uh, 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 you know, at somewhere around age 50, plus or minus 5, that's when most people in our society begin to fail. Mm-hmm. And and whether that be they develop diabetes or whether they de- start to develop arthritis or whether they start to you know get cancer or get um, you know heart problems or uh, or whatever, uh, it's about fifty plus or minus five. Now I almost died at age forty eight. I I was I was I went to my doctor at age forty six complaining that I wasn't feeling well. I almost died at age forty eight. Uh, I had to use my own knowledge of biochemistry to save my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me two years of hard work and learning to figure out how to do that. Um, and after I accomplished it, well, now I'm going to be 79 in just a couple of weeks. Uh, and I feel fabulous. I have. I never, ever get sick. I have boundless energy. I never get tired. I'm, you know, I've got the arteries of a 22-year-old. Um, I'm doing pretty darn well. I'm pushing, here I am, you know, we're pushing 80 here, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm functioning like somebody in their 20s. That's the way you're supposed to do it. You're not supposed to lose function. You're not supposed to get sick. You're not supposed to develop the so-called diseases of aging that everybody in our society develops. And so, um, but the problem is nobody tells us how to do this. And that's why I write my books. Uh, and that, uh, you know, and, and if people go to my websites, there, there's tons of information. Uh, go to my author website. Um, here it is. It's Raymond Francis, F-R-A-N-C-I-S, RaymondFrancisAuthor.com. There's a ton of information on there, and you can sign up for a free newsletter, and you can get stuff on a weekly basis that tells you how to take care of yourself so that you don't get sick and you don't get old. You don't want to get old. Getting old is a huge mistake, huge mistake. Um, You don't want to do that. Um, Aging is a mistake, and uh, in our society, we do accelerated aging, and uh, we get old long before our time, and then we get so-called diseases of aging, and then we end up in a nursing home with somebody having to care for us. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, it's as if, uh, and 
you wouldn't consider someone that's your mom or your father and as they age to be a burden. But a lot of times it takes a lot of shuffling around with the family when someone does have to have that care when they yes. age. So it changes a lot of the uh, the family dynamics. <clears throat> Going back to what you experienced before you um, you were almost on your deathbed, so to speak, what made you choose how did you make a choice to live what what something must have clicked when you said hey i'm going to to start taking care of my body what was it that that clicked with you well i was i was you know inches from death really um mm-hmm. and uh and and you you realize it you 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 know where you are um and and you start thinking about it um and then do you think do I really want to die? Uh, and at one point, I was even considering suicide because there was, there was nothing to live for. You know, life was rotten. There was nothing to live for, nothing to look forward to. Um, so you're on the way out, and and you, and you really have to ask yourself, do I want to continue to live, or do I just want to end it now? Um, and the answer came back, you know, I'd like to live, mm-hmm. but I don't want to live this way. Nobody wants to live that way. So then the next thought was, well, if you want to live and you don't want to live this way, you have to find a way out of it. And I started thinking, you know, and this was, of course, back in 1985, I started thinking, you know, we have the technology to go to the moon. We have the technology to do space exploration. Why don't we have the technology to know how to fix me? And I decided I would start to look for that technology. And, of course, being a scientist, um, uh, and I started looking for it, and it, it, uh, it was difficult. Uh, but um, eventually I was able to, to start finding information and, and start finding um, things about cellular biochemistry and molecular biology that applied to, uh, to me. And I started applying that, and I started to get well. And, of course, I shocked the doctors. They thought I was going to die. Um, but, the, you know, the problem is that they don't know anything. You know, they, they, uh, they just don't know any of this stuff. So um, everything is a surprise to them. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, so uh, I, I saved my life. It took me two years to put myself back together again to where I could function normally. Um, and I just keep getting better and better. And I keep getting younger and younger. I mean, as I said, by, um, I'm pushing 80. You know, my, my arteries are down to age 22. I want to have the arteries of a teenager within the next few years. And, and cardiovascular disease is the biggest killer. You know, yes. Stroke, heart attack, that's the biggest killer. Um, my probability of having a stroke or heart attack is that of a 22-year-old, not somebody who's pushing 80. So um, that's where you want to be. You want your biological age to be younger than your chronological age. Uh, that's not what we're doing in America today. We're actually measuring, believe it or not, we're measuring 30-year-olds with the biological markers of 80-year-olds. Uh, a few years ago, they did uh, a study of 10-year-olds. Now, these were overweight kids, overweight 10-year-olds. They had the biological markers of 45-year-olds. 
Now, if you're 45 years old when you're 10, what are you going to be when you're 50? And the answer is probably dead. And this is the first generation of American children that are not going to live longer than their parents. Our kids are so old and so sick, they're simply not going to make it. Yeah. You mentioned um, being having those bio biomarkers. And in the book, it talked a little bit about, um, I, I don't know if it was a study, uh, I believe it was a study where uh, maybe pathologists or scientists were actually doing autopsies on people that were in their 30s, but their bodies looked more like they were uh, somewhat in their 80s. Can you talk about that? Oh, well, yeah, actually, not even in the 30s. They were doing, uh, they did autopsies on teenagers and people in their early 20s. Uh, and uh, and what they found is that uh, uh, people in this age group, and this is teenagers in early 20s, had 80% of them had the at beginnings, at least the beginnings of clogged arteries. 15% of them had arteries that were already half-blocked. I mean, this is just mind-boggling, mind-boggling how sick our young people are, how old our young people are, and we think the young people are going to take care of us old people. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) The old people are going to need to take care of the young people. Um, So, uh, you know, we've got accelerated aging going on. We've got a sick population that's getting sicker and and it's bankrupting the country. Uh, You know, the the U.S. government is going bankrupt. We we can't pay our monthly bills now. We haven't been able to pay our monthly bills in years. I mean, we have to borrow money from people like China uh, or we have to print money every single month just to pay the monthly bills. And we have 10,000 Americans retiring every single day. And those 10,000 people want to collect Social Security and, and they want to be uh, have their health care paid for. We've got 10,000 people a day. So in three months, you got about a million people um, added to the retirement rolls. And so uh, the expenses are going up every single day, but the revenues aren't. And uh, we're, we're simply running out of money. We're, you know, we're, we're going to go bankrupt. And the biggest single factor is the cost of disease. So we're heading toward one of the biggest financial collapses in the history of the world. Uh, and we can't, we can't prevent this by tinkering around and saving a dime here and a dollar there. Um, the economists say if we could cut the cost of disease in half, we can make this problem manageable. You can't solve the problem, but you make it manageable. Right now, it's not manageable. It's catastrophic. Uh, so you can take a catastrophic problem, make it manageable if you cut the cost of disease in half. Well, believe it or not, that's easy to do. Uh, there is no compelling reason, and I use this word carefully, no compelling reason why anybody has to have any of these chronic diseases, no cancer, no diabetes, no arthritis, no osteoporosis, no Alzheimer's. There is no compelling reason why anybody needs to have any of these chronic diseases. We know how to prevent them. We know how to reverse them. Uh, We just need to get on with what we know, put it to use. I mean, type 2 diabetes is epidemic. 
type 2 diabetes, you cure it in two weeks. Two weeks, gone. Cancer, yes. stage 4 cancer, three months, gone. Uh, this is crazy. Cancer is our most expensive disease. We spent a fortune on it, billions and billions and billions, and cure it in three months. Yeah. Do you think... Um and I have another question, but this just popped in my head. Do you think that the reason why you just mentioned diabetes, two weeks, cancer, three weeks, do you think one of the big reasons why is because we have the mindset, because it's been pumped into us so much that these things can't be put into remission or these things can't be cured. Is that part of the problem that people are still out absolutely, here running around thinking absolutely. that can't be cured? Yeah, absolutely part of the problem. Uh, people don't think it can be done because they, uh, and you try to convince them to do it. Uh, I have so many people call me and they say, you know, uh, my brother or my cousin my, you know, has, has cancer. Uh, can you help them? And, and I say, well, no, they have to help themselves uh, and they have to be willing to do that. Well, they're not willing to do it. Uh, my brother, um, he was, my brother was diagnosed with the inoperable prostate cancer at age 60 he was given three months to live Mm -hmm. three months to live uh it was all over his body fully metastasized all over his body well uh i helped him he lived another 20 years of very very high quality life 20 years of high quality life he had a neighbor once that um uh, developed prostate cancer, and he thought, you know, I'm going to do the neighborly thing. I'm going to go down the street and talk to this guy. So he did, uh, talked to him for a couple of hours, and, and, and at the end of it, the guy said, you know, I, I, I'd like to know more. And my brother said, no problem. I'll put together a whole package of information for you. The next morning, the phone rang. It was this man's wife, and she said, thank you very much for coming. Uh, but um, we have no interest in any of this, and uh, and please never, ever again talk to my husband about these matters. Now, she thought she was saving her husband from some kind of quackery because she was so married to the, the medical paradigm. She, her belief was so strong in what the doctors do uh, but what she was really doing is depriving her husband of the opportunity to get well. And he was dead within three years. Yeah, you see that a lot. And, that I mean, that was one of the biggest things for me. And I had to step back when I first got into health and nutrition because when you start learning this stuff and you come at people with it, they have to want to receive the information, and a lot of people don't want to receive the information because they're, like you said, they're too married to the paradigm. And I've found that you put the information out there, and the ones who want to get it will always get it. And then another yes, thing is yes. what you said is uh, the healing. Like you have to be, want to participate in your own healing. A lot of us are looking for someone to heal us, but we don't want to participate in the healing you know, healing yourself. So that's, I mean, that's that's big. That's huge to me. Um, talking about doctors, and you mentioned this in your book, and I come from the pharmaceutical world, and I remember how much respect I had for doctors until I started calling on them every day. There were some doctors out there that were brilliant. I call those the A students, and then there were some doctors that were D students. 
they weren't what I would call <laughs> the smartest in a bunch. And then on the other side yeah. of that, Dr. Francis, is you have nutritionists, you have these holistic people out there who know the stuff in and out, but yet people don't go to them because they believe that these people don't have the wherewithal to work with them to help them with their illness. But I wanted you to talk about your experience with doctors because I know that you had you know, quite the experience that you relayed in the book. Well, you know, first of all, um, I respect doctors tremendously. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had a lot of friends, um, you know, in college who went on to medical school to become doctors, and and uh, and I know lots of. I belong to three medical societies, so I know lots of doctors. But here's what happens: um, you get some bright young person. Uh, and most of these people are very caring. Um, they decide that what they want to do for the rest of their life is to help others, to relieve pain, relieve suffering, uh, to help the sick to get well. Uh, that's what they want to do. Uh, this is a noble calling. Now, some of them just want to go in it for the money. <laughs> you know, let's face it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They're just, uh, you know, there's always that crowd. But but most of them uh, go in it because they they want, that's what they want to do for their life. They want to give back to society, and they want to heal the sick and relieve suffering and pain. Then these very nice, bright young people make the biggest mistake of their life, and they go to medical school. And, uh, and in medical school, what they teach you is a very, very narrow um, curriculum mm -hmm. that is focused on just two things. Uh, diagnosing, which means giving, looking at a group of symptoms and putting them together and, and giving that a name. So that's what diagnosing is about. And then treating. And treating is about selecting the proper drug to address the symptoms that you have identified. That's what they learn in school. They don't learn anything about human health, nothing about human health. In fact, the word health is rarely mentioned in medical school. They don't learn anything about biochemistry, which is what health is all about. They don't learn anything about nutrition, which is the single most important part of the health equation. So basically, they don't learn anything that they really need to learn in order to help the people they wanted to help. Um, all they learn is how to prescribe drugs and then how to do surgery. And of course, drugs are uh, toxins. Uh, they do nothing. You know, let's you know, in a great American health hoax, I explain why health care in America is a hoax. Um, if you ask the question. What is the definition of health care? The definition of health care is maintaining and restoring health. Our medical system doesn't do that. We wait for people to get sick, and then when they are sick, we don't restore their health. So we don't maintain health. We don't restore health. What we do is we wait for people to get sick, and then we suppress the symptoms of their disease with highly toxic chemicals called prescription drugs. Mm -hmm. So what is a prescription drug? It is a toxic chemical 
that poisons part of the body in order to suppress a symptom. Now, you suppress the symptom. Let's say you have high blood pressure. So you can take a drug. A lot of people take two, three drugs. It suppresses the blood pressure. The blood pressure goes down, and you say, victory, my blood pressure is down. But guess what? You're being poisoned. Mm -hmm. Your whole body is being poisoned by these toxic chemicals, and eventually that's going to get you. Um, And then when it does get you, it causes entirely new diseases, but you go back to the doctor and and the doctor um, and you complain about these new diseases. And the doctor doesn't say, "Oh gosh, you know, I'm really sorry. You came in with one disease and and now I gave you four diseases." No, no, no. They say, "Oh, these are side effects." They don't call them new diseases. They call them side effects. Well, what they are is entirely new diseases brought on by the fact that you're being poisoned by the drugs. So drugs don't prevent disease, drugs don't cure disease, uh, and modern medicine does not maintain or restore health. So this is what you're up against, and this is why you need to educate yourself. Uh, Because staying well and getting well, you can do it all on your own. And I explain how to do it in my books. It's so simple. Yeah, it's it's, it's very simple. I remember going down this path in 2005, I was a bit overweight and uh my mom's death jilted me into action it was just book after book after book after book and after book that I was reading and I finally got to the point where I realized that I was I needed to change what I was eating the diet first and foremost add a little bit of exercise in there and that's you know what I do today um I don't know if I copied this statement down in your book correctly, from the book correctly, but I'm going to read it, and I wanted you to elaborate it on on a little more, and I think you kind of touched on it uh, just a little while ago. But it says, for chronic conditions, conventional medicine is not only ineffective, it does more harm than good. Talk about that a little bit more. Exactly. Well, again, we, we, we just touched on it a little bit. Um, you know, whatever it is you present yourself with, whether it's cardiovascular disease or diabetes or high blood pressure or um, depression or whatever you present yourself with, uh, whatever chronic problem, they don't solve the problem. They don't solve the problem. What they do is they suppress the symptoms of the problem by poisoning part of your body with toxic chemicals. That's the way we do medicine. That's that's what the, that's what's happening out there. And mm-hmm. and and, and when, unless you realize that, you know, the average person my age is on eight different drugs. Well, by the time you're on three drugs, there isn't anyone on this planet who knows what's going on in your body anymore. You're in biochemical chaos. Now, health is when all your chemistry is functioning normally and smoothly. Chaos is disease, and drugs cause chaos. So uh, the entire medical system causes disease. Um, In fact, in the United States, medical intervention is the leading cause of death. Medical intervention is the single largest cause of death in the United States, and people don't know this. Uh, But it's all in the medical journals. It's all in the statistics. All you need to do is add it up, and when you add it up, 
it's about a million people a year are killed by the medical system. It's incredible. Well, it's about half of all deaths. Yeah, I um, I did something a, a couple of years ago, and I was doing some research, and I remember from the research, I think prescription the prescription drugs were the second leading cause of death, and no one knows. No, third knows leading. Them. Yeah, third leading third. cause of death. Prescription. Yeah, properly prescribed prescription drugs mm-hmm. all by themselves are the third leading cause of death. So imagine that with the stroke of a pen, simply by outlawing prescription drugs, we could eliminate the third leading cause of death. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Um, with families, you know, you have family, I have family, and what you'll see, and I, I hear this so much with people, it's like diabetes runs in my family, or oh, this runs in my family. How true is that statement? It's not. It's not true at all. Uh, what what runs in families is diets and lifestyles, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and yes, there is no question that there is a genetic component to to every disease. There, now all of us are genetically um, predisposed toward something. So, um, and that's a fact of life. And in some cases, you may be genetically predisposed toward toward diabetes, and that's true. Um, however, that doesn't mean you're going to get it. What it means is that when you start screwing up and doing things wrong, that's the first thing that's going to happen. Um, so, and then you say, "Oh, it runs in my family." Well, don't don't screw things up, and it won't happen. You see, uh, we we think that genes make things happen. No, they don't. The genes are obedient servants. Um, they're like a blueprint, um, and but they're obedient servants. So, when you go to this blueprint and you say, "Okay, please give me diabetes." Uh, the blueprint snaps into action and gives you diabetes. And then you say, oh, it runs in my family. Yeah, but you have to ask for it. Um, you don't automatically get it. The gene has to be activated. And we activate the gene through our bad diets and our toxic exposures and our lifestyles. That's that's what happens. Yeah. I don't know if you, um, with Facebook, I think it was maybe a year, one year or two years ago, um, that Angelina Jolie, who is a movie star, had her breasts uh, yeah. cut off, and um, just because yeah. they told her that she had uh, what is it, br brac gene or something like that, yeah, and she BRAC went, gene, and, yeah, yeah, she had her breasts cut off just simply because she thought that she might get cancer. I thought that that was just crazy. Why would you crazy. do that? Yeah, <laughs> why yeah. Would you well, do that? because and, she doesn't know any better. You know, she doesn't know any better, and that's what they told her. They make their money doing surgery. You know, if you're a surgeon and you don't do any surgery, you don't make any money. <laughs> so yeah, you make your money doing surgery. And uh, and therefore, everybody needs surgery. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. And what she's actually done, she doesn't understand it, I'm sure, is she's made herself more susceptible to cancer now than before uh, because of all the damage that's been done to her body through that surgery. So she's actually more susceptible to cancer now than she ever was before. Um, there are many, many, many people with these altered BRCA genes, and they don't get cancer. Again, um, the gene is not the problem. You are the problem. 
um, the gene is an obedient servant, and and when you ask it to do something, um, it's it's like a computer. You know, com- you ask a computer to do something stupid. You say, okay, uh, here's here's my whole thesis. Uh, delete it. The computer doesn't say, oh, you don't want to do that. It just deletes it. So, you know, uh, it does what you tell it to do, and the genes are the same way. The genes don't argue with you. You say, oh, please, please, please give me cancer. The gene doesn't argue with you and say, oh, you don't want cancer. It just gives you the cancer. Um, And then we say, oh, my gosh, I'm predisposed. (laughs) No, you're not. Um, You had to ask for it. Yeah, it's so many myths out there, and um, you were talking about the surgery and how they make money. I came across that concept. I read a book uh, a while ago, maybe three or four years ago, and I uh, tried to get a gentleman on the show, but he retired and declined to come on, but it's called the hist- hysterectomy hoax. And I couldn't believe that these women were going in for these hysterectomies when they didn't need them. Some of them had fibroids or endometriosis, and they were going in and getting their whole uterus taken out right. because of fear. And it's, it was just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, well, and, and those, those problems are so easy to deal with, so easy to deal with. Uh, but again, if you're a surgeon um, you, you, and you don't do surgery, um, you don't pay the mortgage on the house. Exactly. Uh, so you need to do surgery. So, um, in fact, ninety percent of all the surgery done in the United States is unnecessary. Ninety percent. Exactly. I just um, I think one of the big ones now that I've been coming across is, is gallbladder surgery. People are getting their gallbladder oh, yeah, taken out, and my my aunt just had her gallbladder taken out, and I see her. I saw her on Facebook. I'm like, oh Lord, why did you do that? But, well, um, you know, I, I I like to joke. You know, that you, you you go to the hospital to visit a sick friend, and you you've got a bouquet of flowers, and by the time you get to their room, somebody's whisked you off into surgery and removed your gallbladder. Then they give you back the flowers and send you off. You know, to visit your friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just, uh, you know, you can't you can't get out of there. Um, yeah, totally, totally unnecessary. Uh, when I was a kid, of course, um, it was tonsils. That was how the, the surgeons made their money, with tonsils. Uh, I lost my tonsils at, like, age three. Um, and they, uh, that was the number one surgery back then. And, um, and of course, now we know that tonsils are an important part of your immune system and that if you take them out, you become more susceptible to autoimmune syndromes and, and other immune syndromes. So... Um, but that's, uh, you know, if it weren't so tragic, it'd be funny. You could just laugh about it. Yeah. It just seems like they pick a body part and whatever body part popular at that time, they just take it out and are like, you don't need this. Um, obviously with people concerned about their health, more and more people concerned about their health. It seems like there's a movement that's going on that people are, you know, wanting to go to Whole Foods, wanting to get things like grass-fed beef and, and different types of products. Um, yeah. One of the things that is out there is supplements, and there are some good supplements, and there are some supplements that are not so good. I just wanted to get your opinion on supplements because I hear two schools of thought on it. Either people are saying you can get everything you need for food from food, or they're saying that 
you need supplements. What What's your thought on that? You've probably done a lot more research than I have. I've done a lot of research on it, and in fact, I'm I'm one of the country's experts in in vitamin chemistry and and how to put a vitamin pill together and make it work right. So, uh, you're asking the right person. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, um, supplementation today is an absolute necessity, unless you live in extraordinary circumstances. Um, the National Academy of Sciences did a study uh, published several years ago, and they said it is no longer possible to get the nutrition you need even if you eat a good diet. And the National Academy recommended that everyone take at least a multivitamin. So that's where you're at. It's um it's now impossible to get the nutrition you need. Now, I'll give you a specific example: um, a carrot. The carrot you buy, uh, go to Whole Foods, buy a carrot. Guess what? You've got to eat twenty of those carrots to get the same zinc you got in one carrot just fifty years ago. You've got to eat four of those carrots to get the same magnesium you got in just one carrot. 50 years ago. Virtually, I mean, almost all Americans now are deficient in magnesium and zinc. Uh, so it is no longer, the soils are depleted. And because of the soil depletion and because of the way we farm and, and the way we distribute our foods, um, it is that the nutrition simply isn't there. It may still look like a carrot, but it's not. Uh, and it's substantially different from 50 years ago and enormously different from 100 years ago. So um, we, we, we need to supplement. Then the problem becomes, how do you get a good supplement? Um, well, I wrote a report on this that's available on my Beyond Health website. So let me have, I'll give you the website if you're just ready to copy. Um, give you the website, and you can download this free report and the free report is called The Roadmap to Supplements, and it will teach you how to choose a high-quality supplement. And, and the address is www.beyondhealth.com, beyondhealth.com. And right on the front page, uh, you can download um, this free report on how to choose supplements. Um, so supplements are a necessity but I've got to tell you something, it's hard to find good ones. Um, mm-hmm. Even heavily, heavily advertised national brands, international brands, uh, are biologically worthless. Um, and, in fact, they've done studies on, on heavily advertised international brands, um, and, uh, and they can't find any benefit from taking them. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? because they're made from synthetic chemicals. And the molecules they contain are not biologically correct. They're not the biologically identical molecules that the body uses and wants and needs. Um, So uh, they don't work. Uh, So you buy them and you don't get any value. You might get, uh, you know, 5%, 10% worth of value uh, but uh, maybe some cases 15 or 20%, but you're not getting your money's worth. There are, however, good ones out there, and I, I make my own, the Beyond Health brand, 
um, they, where you get um, 95 to 100% biologically active ingredients. Um, so you have to choose what you put in very, very carefully. They have to be naturally derived. Uh, they have to be put together properly. Um, and if you do it all well, you get 95 to 100% uh, biologically active um, ingredients. And, and that's, that, that just works miracles. Um, and then vitamin C. You can't just go to the store and buy vitamin C because um, uh, the Chinese have put all the Europeans out of business. Uh, so virtually all the vitamin C in the world today is made in China, and they're not making it correctly. Uh, I jump through hoops to make sure I get the highest quality vitamin C, uh, but it's not an easy task. Uh, so that's, that's, that's yeah, basically you need them. But uh, you can't just go down to the, um, the grocery store or the drug store and, and buy stuff off the shelf because that's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's going on. And a lot of people think they can go to Walmart and get supplements. There are like maybe four questions I absolutely wanted to get to before we, uh, we end this interview. So I want to uh, get to those. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and this is something that I wasn't aware of, and maybe I was, but I was just unconsciously aware of it. Um, before my mom passed away, I remember them having her on Coumadin because her blood was too thick and they wanted to thin out her blood. And I'm wondering, is that the same thing that you mentioned in the book when it comes to platelet stickiness? Is that this kind of the same? Right. Platelet stickiness is very, very important. Um, and um, and uh, uh, But that doesn't really get at platelet stickiness per se. It just it gets mm -hmm. at um, uh, clotting. Uh, but you don't want to, yeah, yeah this, again, it's another prescription drug. You don't want to be on prescription drugs. Mm -hmm. um, believe it or not, a long, long time ago, God figured out how to keep your blood from clotting. <laughs> and, uh, and what we do is we eat a bad diet, we screw it up, and our blood clots. So then the doctor gives us a dangerous, toxic drug to keep the blood from clotting. Um, you know, it's just crazy. Um, it's crazy to go back to Mother Nature. Mother Nature how knows how to keep your blood from clotting, and you know, adequate amounts of vitamin E, adequate amounts of vitamin C, um, adequate amounts of essential fatty acids. Um, all these keep your blood platelets from sticking together. Yeah. And uh, when they're not supposed to stick together, <laughs> so um, I, you know, here I am with with the arteries of a 22 year old, and and you know, I don't have any problems with clotting, and I'm not going to have any problems with clotting because Mother Nature knows how to keep your platelets unsticky, knows how to prevent clots, um, and we get into trouble when we screw up Mother Nature, and then we go to the doctor, and the doctor gives us a poison. You know, Coumadin is you know, Coumadin is rat poison. Yeah. I know exactly. Uh, um, yeah, going back to that, I wanted to ask you a question: is uh, because I give blood a lot. I give blood just because I know it'll help people, and also down here they give you free movie tickets, and I'm a big movie goer. So why not give blood? <laughs> <laughs> but um, something that happened it wasn't me it happened to my my girlfriend and i was always a big believer like once they stick me my blood pretty much flows it flows out it's a quick process but my girlfriend had mentioned that 
someone was in there and they stuck this woman and her blood would not come out. That can't be healthy at all. If your blood is not flowing, it does not have that. That's possible. That can't be healthy, can it? No, that's not healthy. Uh, She's got very thick blood and she's uh, a prime, you know, she's primed for a heart attack or a stroke. Hmm. Wow, that's that's crazy. I knew that wasn't good because when she told me that, I was like, that can't be good when someone's blood is not coming out and they stick that needle in your arm. And it, it, my blood, like once they stick me, it just flows. Um, talking about the thyroid, uh, I had someone on the show a couple episodes ago, Janie Bothorp, and she talked about Stop the Thyroid Madness. But there seems to be an epidemic of thyroid problems going on now, oh, especially yes. with Women. It's autoimmune. A lot of women have Hashimoto's uh, thyroiditis. Yeah. You have women who have hypothyroidism. You have hyperthyroidism. And I'm pretty sure that some men are having problems with their thyroid as well. Oh, what, huge, huge, yeah. Well, yeah, what's fueling this epidemic, Dr. Francis? Well, again, we're, um, you know, the body knows how to keep itself. You know, the body is a self-balancing act. Um, it knows how to keep everything running smoothly. We screw it up, and uh, we screw it up with our bad diets and with exposure to toxins. Um, one of the things with the thyroid is uh, the thyroid is a an, uh, an iodine-rich tissue, and uh, and today we see a huge number of people who are iodine deficient, um, and so that's going to cause problems in the thyroid. Uh, it's going to cause problems in 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 the in the prostate because the prostate is also iodine rich, and in the breast, uh, another iodine rich tissue. So when you're deficient in iodine, you can cause problems in all of these areas. And guess what? <laughs> We've got problems in all those areas. Um, and then, of course, we fluoridate the water, and fluoride is a is a thyroid poison. And uh, so people are literally being poisoned every single day by drinking the water, uh, by using toothpaste with fluoride in it, uh, and by eating foods that are loaded with fluoride. Uh, so they're they're basically shutting down their floor their their thyroid by by consuming so much fluoride. Uh, so. And these are just some of the issues. And then, of course, you get into all the autoimmune issues, of, uh, and that comes from uh, and taking uh, mostly from taking antibiotics and destroying the integrity of your gut tissue and, um, and getting um, whole food molecules into the blood and getting cross-reactions with the thyroid. I mean, it just goes on and on. Uh, but, you know, we, we eat a disease-causing diet, we live in a disease-causing environment, and we live a disease-causing lifestyle. There's no way we can all go back to living in caves and go back to the way things were. Just can't do it. Um, so what we've got to do is adapt to the circumstances as best we can, and and we can do it. And and here's my philosophy. You know, you you don't you do not have to be a fanatic. Um, you do not have to do everything right. But here's what's going on now. Most people today do most things wrong most of the time. They're eating a bad diet. They've got all the toxins. They're, you know, most people are doing most things wrong most of the time. Uh, 
learn how to turn that around, do most things right most of the time. It's like a miracle. I mean, here I am, a, a prime example of doing things right. I mean, here I am, I'm pushing 80, and I'm functioning like somebody in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't do everything right. I can't. Uh, I speak all over the world. I travel so much. There's no way I can eat a perfect diet all the time. There's no way I can live a perfect life all the time. Uh, but I do most things right most of the time, and it's like a miracle. You just have to learn how to do that, and that's why I write my books, and that's why I wrote The Great American Health Hoax, to teach people how to maintain their body. Uh, so, you know, it's 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 not that difficult, folks. You can do it, um, and and believe me, it it's worth it. Uh, getting I mean, getting sick is bad. I've been there. I've done that. I I don't want to do that anymore. Uh, and so you don't want to go there, um, and and you don't have to. Um, you can just uh, learn some simple things to do. You know, get the sugar out of your life and uh, uh, get more fresh fruits and vegetables in your life. Get on a good vitamin supplement program. Go to BeyondHealth.com. Get on those vitamins. They're the highest quality you can buy. Um, do these things and do most things right most of the time. It's like a miracle. I would agree with you there because I don't do everything right all the time either, but I consider myself to be in good health because it's like you said, if you're traveling, if you're doing, if you're living a life, you can't possibly live, do everything to a T. Um, This is, I have two more questions for you and then we'll, we'll end the interview. One of them that I was really surprised at and I had no idea of until reading the book was, hip implants, because you're seeing a lot of our older population getting hip implants. What is the precautionary measure with, with hip implants? Well, it's, it's the same thing. You know, you're, you're, the body is a self-repairing system, and it will keep you in good repair, just like the 100-year-old car, keep you in good repair for a long lifetime unless you don't do the maintenance. So people are wearing out their hips because nobody taught them how to do the maintenance. Nobody taught them how to keep their body in the repair mode so that they're constantly repairing all the daily damage they're doing. So instead, they do damage every day, put wear and tear on the hip, wake up in the morning, the wear and tear is still there, and the next morning, more wear and tear, and the next morning, more wear and tear. Pretty soon, the surgeon is, is paying the next payment on the Jaguar, you know, by yeah. putting in a hip replacement. It's crazy. You know, you, you can learn how to keep the body in repair mode so that it doesn't wear out. It's supposed to, you're supposed to go to bed at night, and you're supposed to repair all the damage you did during the day. And, uh, and again, a great American health hoax has a whole chapter on how to maintain the human body, how to keep it in the repair mode so you don't wear out. Yeah. Last question, and, and this is something I really, and you touch on this a great deal in the book, and this is something I think that we really don't do enough of. And I remember as a kid, I copied a lot of people that I saw. I was a member of the Y, and I would go in the sauna. And I don't know why I wanted to sit in the sauna. I just saw the older people doing it, and I was like, I need to go in the sauna. 
But later on, after a while, um, as getting older and getting more into help, I found out what the sauna is really for and why people would sit in there. And there's a lot of people who probably still don't know what the sauna is for. And there's a lot of people there who are have fitness memberships and are going to these gyms and not utilizing the sauna. Talk about detoxification and the importance of just using easy things like a sauna in a gym. Well, the, the, here's the problem. The average American is a toxic waste dump site. The average American has about 500 chemicals bioaccumulating in their body, and these are chemicals that didn't even exist prior to World War II. So we're putting toxic chemicals into our body, and every year that amount goes up and up and up and up, and pretty soon it is so screws you up that you get cancer or you get some other horrible problem. The only way we know how reliably to get rid of these oil-soluble toxins is with a sauna. So saunas have now become a necessity. You cannot live without them. If you're not doing regular saunas, you're making a huge mistake because you're still bioaccumulating the toxins and the toxic load goes up every single year. Um, I have been soldering now for 30 years. In fact, um, after I get off this broadcast, I'm going to go to my sauna and sauna. Oh, yeah, sauna for, oh yes. I sauna oh. for 60 to 90 minutes, three times a week now. Um, and we tried to measure my toxic load. We, I, we, I do a major measurement every five years. Uh, it's now been uh, three years ago since the last one. And uh, we couldn't measure we couldn't measure anything. You measure the average person, they're loaded, loaded with pesticides and herbicides and, and um, uh, flame retardants, and uh, it just goes on and on and on. It's unbelievable what people have in their bodies. I don't. I don't. And that's one reason why I'm functioning like I'm in my 20s instead of like I'm 80. Um, so saunas are now an absolute necessity. You cannot live without them because it's the only way we know reliably how to get rid of these man-made oil-soluble toxins. Um, so either join a gym or a health club or, or have one in your home like I do. And if you go to my website, beyondhealth.com, you can, you can see the sauna that I actually use on the website um, but uh, it's a necessity, and you got to do it. And, and if you don't, you're going to be sick. Cause, you know, make your choice. Yeah, I would definitely agree with with you, Doctor Francis. This has been a pleasure. I always enjoy when you come on because we certainly do think alike. So, um, but the book is called The Great American Health Hoax. You can go to Amazon and get it, and I'm sure it's on any other book outlets. And like you said, it's in the airport. It's in Walgreens, and this is really good reading. And one of the things I really love about your books is it's not overly scientific. Anybody can understand this. So if you can read, you can understand it. And that's, that's one right. of the that's good things. That's the way I, I write yeah. it. I, yeah, I write it for the average person to understand and put to use. Yeah, and that's, yeah. That's, that's my gift, <laughs> to, to take the complex science and make it into something anybody can understand. Yeah, give us your websites again. I know you mentioned them throughout the um the Yes, the it's interview. beyond uh, beyondhealth.com and that's where you can get um products uh, such as vitamins beyondhealth.com and then raymondfrancisauthor.com and the francis is f r a n c i s 
RaymondFrancisAuthor.com, and there's just a ton of information, and you can sign up for weekly newsletters, uh, and you can even sign up for um, uh, newsletters on BeyondHealth.com. You get a different kind of newsletter, but tremendous amount of, of useful information that you can use on a regular basis to uh, keep you and your family and your loved ones uh, healthy and, and happy. Cool. Thank you so much for being on. And you and I talked before we, we got on. I'm looking forward to, to meeting you in person just simply because we live practically right down the street from each other. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. But thank you for Fabulous. being on tonight, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I did too. Thank you so much, and, and God bless you for the great work you're doing for your for your wonderful listeners. Yeah, thank you so much, Doctor Francis. Okay, bye. Okay, good night. All right, super good interview there. We only skim a lot of what's in the book, so if you want to go out and purchase the book, please do so. There's a lot of great information in here, and. It's loaded with with tons of stuff, tons of little tips. I picked out the sauna tip because I just think that a lot of people bypass simple things that they can do to uh, unburden themselves when it comes to their toxic load. And the sauna is one of those great things. And you can go in there and you can sit in there for 15 minutes if you're in a health club. Or if you like Dr. Francis, you may want to install one in your house or may even have one in your house. And that's a big thing to do to just detoxify yourself. One of the greatest things you can do is just the detoxification, getting that toxic burden down. It'll do so much for you. Um, I share all the time about doing coffee enemas. Um, I'm an avid person. If I'm in a gym, I will normally sit in the sauna. I'll just take a day when I'm not working out or lifting or doing anything and just sit in the sauna and stretch. So it's very good to do. Next Monday, We'll be speaking with Dr. Jennifer Daniels, just waiting on her to uh, to confirm. She's a medical doctor, an MD, which I, I also think she's a naturopath. Um, but she started out in a medical doctor. The medical doctor went to Harvard and then got into uh, naturopathy by, I, I won't say luck. I just think that she had a change of heart and went into that. And then we will... Be talking about turpentine. I don't know. I grew up with turpentine as an old remedy. My grandmother used to prescribe everything for ter- for ter- uh, with turpentine if we had any type of ailments. And it turns out it's a very good thing. So we'll be talking about turpentine, and we'll also be talking about um, just different things when it comes to the medical establishment. So hopefully you will join me for that show Monday at eight o'clock. And as always, I'll put a Facebook. Uh, a Facebook event there so you'll know everything, but it's always same fat time, same fat channel. Thank you for listening tonight. If you're out there and if you have someone that you would like to see on the show that you're really interested in hearing speak, um, I've been doing the show for a couple of years now and I'm starting to reach out to more and more people. And I try to reach out to different people more so than the people who are constantly doing podcasts after podcasts, but some people I really want on who speak. But if you have someone or you have a, a question that you need to ask, you can email me at perfectlyhealthyandtoneradio at gmail.com. Again, it's perfectly tone, perfectly healthy and tone radio at gmail.com. Peace and love, guys. Have a good evening. I'm out.